Hi, this is Betsy Beers. I'm the executive producer of Grey's Anatomy, Scandal, and How to Get Away with Murder. And this is Shondaland Revealed, the official Shondaland podcast of TGIT. That's, thank goodness, God, gosh, golly. It's Thursday. Today, one of my favorite people in the entire world is joining me to celebrate 10 years of Grey's Anatomy. And honestly, for the two of us, it's been way longer than 10 years of Grey's Anatomy, I think. Um, I think it's been at least 12. I think it's been at least 12 years of Grey's Anatomy. That's right. And that is our music supervisor and record producer extraordinaire, Alex Patsavis. Yay, nice to be fabulous. here. fabulous. And thank you so much for doing this because she's very busy because she's scoring a lot of pilots right now. And she's working on a lot of new releases and we're constantly forcing her to come up with new ideas for all of our shows. And there's some clearance issues. There's some clearance issues, very which exciting. basically, for all of you who don't know, means that what we have to do is we have to get permission from the artists and the companies to use music. And Alex always has a really fun challenge finding new music from the period for Scandal, which is a full-time job in itself. That's true. And But, but truly the full-time job is convincing artists not to... Uh, not they want to all want to participate, but but once in a while we just have some exciting violent scenes, <laughs> and true. so everybody's really excited to do it. And then we sort of you know focus on the content a little bit. Exactly, exactly. We've had that problem, I'd say, less on Grey's Anatomy, um, which is ten big years on the air, and we've been working on for, as we said, several couple years before that. 11 big years. 11 big years because actually Alex has brought in charts of songs from every year which we're going to get to in a second. Before we start that though I thought we'd just talk really briefly about the episode that you guys watched which was called Crazy Love and then we're going to get to the meat of this which is 10 years of you guys working on Grey's with us and Closer to 11 to 12 years of us working together right. on Grey's Anatomy. Um, last night was really intense. Really, the penis storyline alone is, oh, I, you know, I can never was, get enough penis storylines. I, uh, I could. I could. I enjoy. I enjoy. I. Uh, I couldn't believe that you know that they went in back for a second, a second whack at it, as it were. It was. Like, it, was it was shocking. Even after I read the script. I was sort of bummed about Maggie and Ethan. Sounds like Maggie did not handle that date incredibly well. No, we're, everyone was rooting for her and, uh, and it clearly uh, was a bust. I think she kind of stepped in it. Mm -hmm. I really hope that someday Stephanie will be able to figure out a specialty. But I, but I think we know what, what it isn't. I think, we <laughs> I think she made that loud and clear. I think, you know, the severed penis probably for me would be a game changer as well. In that I think it was department. when she was running up and down the hallways with it. <laughs> that was like... I think that's probably it. It was fantastic. I think but it was that, great how well she did and how she took on the challenge and and she was all in. She was going to save that uh, appendage. It's it must it's a lot about hope this episode exactly. <laughs> and Richard finally um, tells Catherine that he loves her, which is really sweet too. I thought it was great. And uh, and Catherine had so much uh, regard for Stephanie. That's true. Which is, I, what was the line to like it was adequate or yeah. something, and that was like the highest compliment that she could get. Fantastic. Which is like terrific. I mean, like absolutely terrific. Yes, yes. As the as the child of educators, adequate was definitely <laughs> something to strive for. <laughs> that is a terrifying sentence right there. I think absolutely terrifying. And the songs that were used in this episode. These songs that were used in this episode. We had four different bands. We had I can never pronounce it correctly. Asgear, Left Hand Smoke, LL, and New Lore had the big end of episode song, oh, yeah. which was great. 
we've sort of are anywhere from a couple to you know six or seven an episode. And our composer Danny likes when there are a lot of songs. He doesn't have to compose as much music, so it's a nice episode for him. He can enjoy watching. He doesn't have to worry too much about what he's going to have right. to he's, do. That's right, because he has a lot to worry about. He has a lot to worry about the, most of the time. The composer has a very it's you know different for the composer than the music supervisor. We get started rather early, and by the time we actually spot the episode, and a spotting session is when I used to sit down with the producers, the editor, the post-production producer, and the composer, and the music editor, and really confirm where there's going to be score, where there's going to be source, and talk about the, the tenor and feel of the score. Mostly my job is done by the spot, and I'm just making sure that whatever we assumed was John Legend, you know, was, is we just, we're just confirming that it's the right song, that it's working well, because this has really been sorted out. But Danny Lux, when he gets into the spotting session, has to really go away and create the music, and usually within a week, which is a, which is a pretty intense time frame. And so it he is. really enjoys when there's a lot of songs. And sometimes we do as much as we've done six songs, mm -hmm. easy in Grey's Anatomy. I think our record is a 12. In preparation for today, I was looking back over our 11 seasons and mm -hmm, looking at the mm -hmm. pilot and sort of looking at trends. And so interesting to see how certain artists fit certain storylines in different seasons yep. and that we might have like a lot of Sleeping at Last or a lot of John Legend or Ingrid Michaelson, of course, mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. Snow Patrol and mm -hmm. just how these bands were really telling Grey's Anatomy story through their songs and mm -hmm. then how those things tend to shift. Of course, after 11 years, there's brand new bands. Some mm -hmm. bands have moved on to other things. And then also to sort of look at our house bands and we definitely have people that score Grey's and mm -hmm. it's really cool when Aaron Wright and and sleeping at last and and just these certain bands that come up again and again yeah i think what's cool is the music is like the show in that obviously because the two are connected but one of the things and that is not me making bad sounds <laughs> that's the chair squeaking so you guys don't <laughs> be having those weird thoughts again I think one of the things that we always say is every season of Grace has a different tone anyway, mm -hmm. because it reflects a different stage in their lives. And especially now as there's a new group of people who are learning and the older group, you know, the residents and people who are now attendings, the music has really transformed with them. Mm -hmm. So there's sort of a really interesting mixture to me of a slightly more mature sound and a younger sound again. Definitely, because our, the interns need, and this, it's no longer 2005, it's 2015, and what are young, what are kids listening to? What are those kids are listening those kids to? What are those kids listening to? You know, we've done some premieres over the years. I was looking at that. I was taking stock of great uses by Adele and Sam Smith, who uh, we used in a, in a cover lab. Last year, he did a Whitney Houston cover, and we were able to license that for season 10. And of course, we did it in the second half of season 10, which, which aired from January to May of 2014. It was almost all covers of songs from the 80s, and, and this interesting mix of interpreting these, you know, that's my era, sad to say, but I, that's when I was really, 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 you know, rapidly consuming music, and so all of these songs have a sense memory to me, but all of these artists are new and to see what they do with Kajagugu or totally Madonna true. or Pretty Neat. Totally, totally true. And that idea seemed to come from Shonda basically wanting to change it up because I think we wanted a different sh tone for the show last year. And she, every once in a while, about once a year, says, I want, it, I want this to sound different. I want there to be a difference. I want this to be a mark of a new season. Mm -hmm. So how are we going to differentiate this from other seasons? And she came up with this great kind of concept with you of taking some of her favorite songs, because she's a huge 80s fan as well, 
taking those songs and having them reinterpreted, which is sort of represents the different groups of both, you know, the different age groups, which is the reinterpretation are the people singing it and the actual song are a number of the people who are were moving towards their age group. And that was just, it was a really cool kind of combination plate of sounds last year. I thought that that was really, really great mm-hmm. and just really, really fun. We had one cover done earlier in the season and I think she really enjoyed it. And then, yeah, Shonda gave me a list of all of her favorite songs and songs that she thought would be relevant to the storyline. And that is what we riffed off of. And it was, it was really fun. It was challenging, it was fun. It was interesting to, to make sure that the 80s songs felt seamless and didn't feel obtrusive. They like, had to they feel like the show. Had to feel like the show and had to, you couldn't, the interesting thing about supervision is when really known songs are synced and that means they're, they're placed in the show. And when, when we sync a, a known song, the viewer always has an association. And so how do you make sure that the viewer isn't getting pulled away out of the story? Because let's face it, all these songs, all the score is helping to tell the story. It's not supposed to be the story. So if you're listening to the song instead of watching and listening to dialogue, then it's not the right, it's not the right thing. And so to make sure that these 80s songs weren't so, you know, loud, and I don't mean physically loud, but sort of psychically loud that they stepped on storytelling. And that was a, it's always interesting. No, and it's funny that that's such a, it's always been a concern with this show because very often we're using the music to bind together a lot of different things. Like it's playing under a whole bunch of different characters. And we've talked about this before in this podcast, but the idea that if you play one song, you connect people thematically, which is really different than Scandal, where you can get away with playing an incredibly famous song that everybody recognizes. Because very often in Scandal, you play it of a piece. It feels like there's more of a coherent unity to what's going on in terms of the action. And they tend to be action montages. Right. So, which just means that we're cutting it to a lot of little scenes as opposed to big emotional scenes. Sometimes we do it. Mm -hmm. But it's why I think you can get away with such amazingly famous pieces of music. In a weird way, what it does is it familiarizes the audience and makes the audience more comfortable with some of the stuff that we're doing, like, oh, I don't know, torturing people or chasing people down alleys or... Dismembering a body. Dismembering a body. <laughs> um, oh, I'm squeamish. It's always my favorite. She, she, she always gets really, really excited about dismembering a body. <laughs> but what, it, what, what that music does is it actually makes it, it... It both counterpoints, but it also makes it... Okay. And fun. Yeah, uh, fun. Fun and okay. And it's sort of when you think about it in Scandal, that's Huck's point of view, is it is fun. Right. So in a weird way, you're putting a mu- piece of music from Huck's point of view, which is, this is great. I'm going to listen to some... At the car wash. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, as opposed to playing the music under surgery and people's emotional strifes and dealing with issues. It helps to keep the music slightly, slightly less dominant, I guess, right? Mm-hmm. Although sometimes we've had placements on this show that have been really aggressively large. And I think on purpose, and that thing, it's never accidental. No. And that, it's never an accident. It's always on purpose. It serves a purpose. And in that, in that way, the music on Grey's has been always been particularly precise. Mm-hmm. And we talked about, mm-hmm. as, I, as I've mentioned 52 times, you know, and I think I started and probably worked on the pilot like 2003 maybe. We had long conversations about yep. what music would be on the show, what, how songs would work, that you and Shonda decided to use songs as score. 
yes. was pretty revolutionary. And it was a really interesting, and I remember, I think I said this before, but I, I remember thinking like, how in the world am I gonna find songs to put in an operating room? Or a host, like I just, and this was before, sort of right when I read the script and before, yeah. before footage, like how is this gonna work? And it was, it, you had so clearly seen how it was gonna work and it totally worked. The idea was that surgery was as good as sex. Like mm -hmm. that was the, what we were walking out of was, they all had a look on their face after her first surgery, like, oh my God, we just had the most amazing emotional experience ever. And it was finding a piece of music. We started with that, I remember, as sort of a topic of conversation. Finding something, as you said, that you could, you could play in there and we'd, heard that surgeons, and this was literal placement in a way, but we'd heard that surgeons play music while they operate. So part of it came from us, the idea that most surgeons, a lot of surgeons have stuff they listen to, and some people listen to ACDC, and some people listen to classical, and some people listen to jazz, it all depends on the surgeon. We started with that sort of literal notion of what does a surgeon play, and then we extrapolated it emotionally, which was what, what will make the audience feel the feeling that they're feeling in the surgery. The first song that we chose, unfortunately, was something that we couldn't clear because it was the song I had in my head the entire time. I remember we were shooting it, was, the pilot, it was very upsetting to tell you the truth. And I was never, ever going to let it go. And it worked really, really well. And sadly, it was something that um, nobody can clear because there's a large legal issue around that song. So instead, we ended up placing Keen, I think, right? Uh, 13 Senses. It was 13 yeah, Senses. 13 okay. Senses. It was Keen the second episode. Yes. So, and it worked really beautifully and it was terrific and it sounded amazing. And then the other thing with that pilot was how do you score the dramatic emotional journey of those young characters, especially Meredith, which is how we ended up, I think, with a lot of female singers. Mm -hmm. Yes, we had so many female voices and we always were interested in indie music in here. And there was a, a resurgence of female voices that were not overly produced, that were not pop things that had been crafted for them to sing, but they didn't have any part of. What I'm most proud of is on this show, we've uh, licensed real voices and real singers who are telling their own stories. And very few of these songs are crafted. They are mm -hmm. from the heart. And I think that the show is so from the heart, it all sort of made sense. A lot of sort of naive vocals, a lot of, that's Betsy's chair again. That's my chair, you guys. And a lot of, uh, you know, spoons and whistles and like crazy instrumentation that was really whimsical but never felt silly and I think that that yep. is pretty cool. Some interesting stories. We synced John Legend's All of Me for the season finale of, of season nine. nine. We actually licensed the demo. It was sent over. We were able to license it almost three or four months before it actually came out. And of course it's become like the ultimate wedding song, like this most, this huge pop hit and really important sort of iconic cut from the last few years and done some special things like that. We've been able to- uh, I remember a couple of times, like didn't we debut Coldplay too? Mm -hmm. End of season six, mm -hmm. was it season six? End of season six. I remember debuting that. I think we were one of the first major syncs for Adele. I was just about to say, cause I think I remember off Chasing Pavements. Yep. I remember going down to see her at the hotel cafe which is a little club here in LA and I try not to get out too much if I can help it but I do <laughs> but I do um, I remember that mind-blowing and you know we you know use all sorts of Bonnie Vare over the years an artist who rightfully so is very very um, particular about where he likes to see his music and that's that's the case with a lot of our artists they're quite particular and they know that you and Shonda will use this music 
like as a fan almost in a really respectful way and they love it. The other side benefit was that a lot of these people were just starting out like the, as we've said, like the interns and they were like younger musicians. And one of the things I remember that you and I would try to do is we used to do these things called clip shows. They were sort of like a way to recap when the show wasn't on. And it would be like a recap of the season or where everybody was up until now. And we would always try to find, Alex would figure out the people who she thought maybe could use the extra fee. And we would try to place our most beloved and probably most deserving and maybe necessary people, Mm -hmm. which was always really fun too, because it was great to watch people who were struggling all of a sudden start to really find their footing and have people listen to their music. And it was, that's been one of the the really, really cool things about the job. Yeah. I mean, Grace has a music culture. At one point, I think our percentage was almost 40% unsigned band. Like we used a lot of indie music. You know, that that little thing called technology that happened at some point in the middle of all this has allowed any band to sell their music on iTunes. You can stream it on Spotify and any person with a little research and organization can be their own label. And how great that fans not only can find their music on the show, but then can easily go to iTunes and buy it. Back in the paleo days when we first started, there wasn't any Twitter and there wasn't really Facebook, the the pre-Facebook Facebook. MySpace. MySpace. Well, let's ask some general fan questions. Okay, so. Um, Alice at Alice V underscore San wants to know who are your favorite artists? So that is the most difficult question on the planet for a music supervisor because every minute we're hearing new great stuff. But the, my, the artists that make me the happiest are the ones that I have loved for a long time. Neil Young, Elvis Costello, Dusty Springfield, Yay. Lee Hazelwood. Yay. Those are my favorite artists. We have a lot of the same favorite artists, you guys. So that that's why I spend half my time desperately begging Alex for more music because she has the best taste absolutely ever. Ida Busk wants to know, what's the best record store you've ever visited? I have two. Uh, Wax Tracks in Chicago, which is a record store that I spent a lot of time at growing up. I'm actually not sure if it's still around since I haven't been in the, uh, lived in that fair city for 25 years. And then Amoeba right across the street here is terrific. Amoeba's still great. And it's so interesting to see vinyl. Vinyl's coming back. People, I think that people want to collect things and it's tough to collect a piece of file. I it's also, no fun. It's also, it's an album right? and there is still a movement around where it's really cool to be able to pull things off Spotify and listen to all these different, listen to whatever you want and have things grouped for you by taste. It's still an incredible thing to be able to listen to what somebody's idea was for an album. Mm-hmm. I was given a little record player over there for Christmas. Nice. Fact, which is a really nice gift. Nice. Good to know. Really, really nice. I know, right? Good to know. I have a lot of uh, it's, stuff sitting around. It's Kim Bitch, who's a Scandal fan, who's great. Do you have an all-time favorite song? You probably have about 800. I do. Them. I think that the thing that came to mind, which is quite glum, but I'm going to just express it. Do by, it. I think I must be glum today, is All Tomorrow's Parties by the Velvet Underground and Nico. Nice. Pretty glum, huh? That's... <laughs> that's... <laughs> I think probably what I would probably say is my favorite song continually changes. Right. Do you find that too? It all depends on your mood. Like I have a favorite song. I've had favorite songs for different periods of my life and then they stop being your favorite songs when you grow or change. Mm-hmm. Um, Bobblehead lives. Hey, Bobblehead. How's it going? Thanks for listening. You send great tweets too. Um, if you lived inside a song from Grey's ABC or Scandal ABC, what song would it be? If I lived... If you I lived inside a song. Bobblehead always suggests very conceptual That's such a, an questions. art project of a question. And, uh, unbelievable stuff. Like we 
we've written treatises on bobbleheads questions because they're so smart. I think that I'm going to have to, well, I'm not as smart as bobblehead, but I, I guess if I lived inside a song, it would be Song Beneath the Song by Maria Taylor. <laughs> That's so good, there you have that, it. There's a good answer. Uh -huh. So Which you think beneath song. the song, beneath the song, mm -hmm. beneath the song. In the song. In the song. The song beneath the song. Literally, you would be in the song. That's right. Gabrielle Marie at Gabs Gabs wants to know, are there any <laughs> other projects you're working on that you can tell us about? Can I? Well, I can talk about. You can. All... You can talk about. You're working on a couple of pilots. Yeah, I'm working, working. I'm working on a. And also your albums. Like, what? To talk a little bit about that. So, you know, I've been so lucky. I get to work on all the Shondaland projects. So oh yeah. I had a great, fun, beat-driven, electronic music-y experience on How to Get Away with Murder. Yep. It was so fun to get into the chaos a little bit and these dark voices and male voices so so different than the other music we use on on scandal and grays and th that was a great 16 episode ride and i'm looking forward to next season um and i'm working on a really great pilot here that uh, music tbd music tbd exactly and you signed a couple of new bands, right? Yes. And artists. Yes, I have a, um, a label called Chop Shop Records and uh, working on a new album by New Lore uh, and also an album by Odessa coming out soon. So uh, wow. that's fun to do that. Um, Janica wants to know how many songs do you have in your iPod and how many new songs do you think you listen to a week? I have like a crazy system that's so scarily beyond an iPod, um, sadly, like that is a, a special editing system that's actually set up for picture editors because we have so much data in my office. Wow. So I wish that I still had an iPod. And I remember the old days when I was able to keep all my music there, but we have probably 200,000 songs and counting. And I listen to a lot of songs, but honestly, I listen to songs for pleasure at the end of the day and I'm listening to songs for work. So it's a little different how most people listen to music. Boy, that's for sure. And this is once again one of those things where you do it for work, but you still I still love it. You still love music. So it's a And I still hate music when it's bad, just for the record. <laughs> <laughs> Question from a scandal fan, um near a Perla. Please tell the story of how Olitz's theme music came to be and the fan reactions to it. That theme music that we album play. Leaf. Album Leaf. The Album Leaf. That we play underneath. Matt Ramsey brought it in. Our editor, Matt Ramsey, brought in this piece of music, and it felt absolutely specifically perfect for their relationship. Yeah, it's a, it's a great band, and it's a beautiful track, and their music is all very evocative like that. And we used it in the pilot, and then we kept on. Every time there's a, a, a fabulous moment, it just makes sense to to use it again. I think that in their own strange way, Album Leaf is, is a house band too. And lastly, Courtney at Court's Thoughts wants to know what's the hardest, what's been the hardest scene to place a song in for you? The hardest ones are the most important ones because they matter the most. And so I want to make sure that there are a lot of options. You always have, I always have a lot of ideas when I read the script and then watching the cut develop. Maybe I thought that sad was gonna be the emotion and it's actually anxious or may, you know, those things change a lot. So I just wanna make sure that in the big special moments, we have special bands with, you know, big unreleased songs mm -hmm. or, you know, I, so I especially focus on, on big moments and finales. I think too, it's sometimes the hardest ones are the ones where you're not sure whose point of view to be playing. Mm -hmm. Pilots are really hard because, which is that first episode that we do sort of as a test episode that we get kind of, the show gets picked up or not based on. 
But those are really hard because sometimes what happens is you get this thing called temp love, where you put something in so your in music your supervisor's worst nightmare. Worst nightmare. We try never to do it now, which is it's the idea is you find something from your home library that you just love, 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 and you stick in the show and you just love, 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 and then everybody love, love, loves it. And guess what? There's no way in bloody hell you're ever going to clear that song. And those are the hardest ones to replace to me. Um, also, in a pilot where you have to tell so much story and set so much up, those placements are just hell. That's true. And, and, and really finding the voice, finding the musical voice of the show and making sure that it's really a signature and it's sustainable, that it's not just a weird one-off, that, that exactly. whatever you start with is where you can go for 11 years. And, and looking back, like we've really done it on Grey's. It's true. It's absolutely totally true. Also, one thing I forgot when we started was I want to tell you what Alex is wearing today because normally that's what I do. Huh. Um, Alex looks great. She's got this black sweater on, which is pretty awesome, and blue leggings and these suede boots, which I've complimented her on in the past, which are kind of badass because they have this, this little... It's, it's like a metallic heel. I think this is what it's called in the vernacular, a knockoff. A knockoff. <laughs> a knockoff of a something knockoff, fancy. Which is very, very fabulous. And she looks amazing. Thank you so much for doing this. This was so great of you to come in and help me out and um, explain to people again what you do and how much you contribute to the shows because there would be none of these shows without Alex and her music. There would be none because it's so much a part of what we do and what we love to do. So... Thank you so much for that. Um, next time on Grey's Anatomy, uh, you're going to be watching an episode called One Flight Down. Let's just say that the title maybe says a lot right there. And this is an episode in which a lot of horrible memories come back to haunt some folks. Uh, Scandal. The episode's called I'm Just a Bill. Rowan's back in town. And I'd say the stakes are at an all-time high. So don't forget to watch those fine television programs. 8 o'clock ABC Thursday night for Grey's Anatomy. 9 o'clock Scandal, ABC, Thursday night. And there will be a new episode of American Crime at 10 o'clock, ABC, Thursday night. Check it out. It's an amazing TV show. Thanks for watching all of our Shondaland shows. And thanks for following us on Twitter, liking them on Facebook, and getting caught up on ABC.com. Or the Watch ABC app if you want to watch something again, or you want to watch it a 15th time, or you missed it or someone was talking while you were trying to watch the episode because that happens to me sometimes or like the phone rings or somebody calls from work check it out because it's great you can rewatch or watch and it's right there for you don't forget to tell your friends to subscribe to this podcast at itunes backslash shondaland we'll be back next week with another shondaland revealed podcast and until then I am going to be betsy beers and hopefully next week i will still be betsy beers saying have a great week stay safe and we'll be talking soon. Bye-bye.